everybody. It must be Sunday because I'm here, you're there, and we got Brian on the other side of the looking glass. Oh, yeah. There we are. And so here we are. So hope you got some good questions for me today. Computer here is being very slow. And considering I have no computer suave, <laughs> that, that is, this is even painful for me. <laughs> like, really? Really? So I wanted to bring up some trivia questions, but no. Having one heck of a time with it. So, oh, well, we'll get through it. More di- more dad jokes. <laughs> oh, now my, you know, my, there you go. Okay, don't touch it. Okay, the Vikes, they won. But it was a squeaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Oh, did you watch the World Series last night, Boston and, um, I forget, what is it, Texas? I can't remember. Yeah, Houston. Yeah, okay, and yeah, and, there were, and two grand slams in the, what, the first two, uh, Innings, two grand slams, eight. What's the score? Yeah, it was third like third inning. What's the score? Eight to zip. Eight in the. <laughs> yeah, I saw they were like nine to nine to zero yep. in like the bottom of the fourth or top of the fourth in yeah. the fourth inning, yeah. and then uh, they came or Houston made a, made they a made a comeback, yeah. but they didn't not come back enough. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, we all do that at times, don't we? Oh, oh yeah. well. So yep, uh, this week everybody's healthy, everybody's uh, in where they're supposed to be, so that's a good thing. And there, oh, there's my glasses. I'm like, oh, glasses. Uh, my my avalanche, my old three avalanche. And I, I don't know if I shared this with you. She had a little bit of gut problem. <laughs> like uh, the gut problem needs she needs a new engine. <laughs> and I refused to give her up because she's a beautiful royal blue. And I just love driving that thing. And so it's like so. I but this is what's interesting. I wanted a recon engine. You know, recondition. Yep. If I wanted to wait three to four months, possibly I could get a recon engine. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like, uh, uh, no, uh, no, thank you. Uh, well, so we just got, I guess they, the, the mechanics have their places that they go to. And so they found me one. And so I don't put many miles on. I go nowhere. I go to Forest Lake, White Bear, once a week here. <laughs> <laughs> so I might put 8,000, maybe 9,000 miles a year, you know, on my vehicle. I feel like that's standard though, right? So, say again? Isn't that pretty standard, like around know, under okay. 10, under 10,000 no a year or something? I really don't know. All I know is I don't uh, do that. But, but anyway, so, oh uh, yeah, so, so I'm hoping keep everybody keep your fingers crossed that she will come out by Wednesday and Thursday feeling just fine. I told the mechanic I've never worked with him before. It's a friend of a friend, but uh, anyway. So when I told her, I said when I left, I said, "Now you give her a hug and a kiss every night." And so he just <laughs> looks at me like, ah. "But yeah, what can I say? I get attached. I, I've always gotten attached to my vehicles. Always, I have a really hard time letting them go. And then with the price of vehicles right now, and a lot of the lots don't want to talk to you unless you got something to trade in. You know, if you got something, they're willing to talk. But if you don't have nothing to do, you know, then they they want they're looking for those people. There's not much out there. And then I worry about with all the floods and the you know that have been going on. That a lot of those, I know you can look up the history of a car or whatever. And, you know, I'm just worried that I'm going to get one that sat in water for like, you know, a month. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't know. I just, nah, just, it is what it is. If I can get three, four more years out of it, the body's really in good shape. The interior's in really good shape. So just keep her fingers crossed. And I want to give a shout out to Lori Holmberg and Joan McElmy. Elmy, I can never, M C E L M E R Y, I think. Uh, Lori and Joan, I've known them for a while, and they're so nice. You know, they'll send me Christmas cards, birthday cards. They're listeners probably since the beginning of, you know, FM 107. And she, 
They just sent me uh, Halloween cards, and I, I would just smile with, with in a package. I opened the package, and I did not know this. Now, I know you have a peanut allergy, but did I? But the thing is, is they sent me salted nut rolls. Now, ready for this? Mm. There's apple pie salted nut roll. There's spicy salted nut roll. There's cinnamon something uh, salted nut roll. Huh. And then a regular, oh, a peanut butter nut roll, and then a regular nut roll. I had no idea that they were, I guess I have not, I don't know where I've been, on a rock, that I didn't know <laughs> that, that so, you know, that, that, that they came in those different roles. It's very interesting. So I want to thank Lori and Joan. That was really, they're so, they've been so thoughtful. And then they fill me in on their grandkids and their kids and stuff like that. So it's very, very thoughtful. So I appreciate it. Uh, today, a couple things that I want to talk about is uh, my uh, dog Gillian uh, with, he has uh, Cushing's. So I'm trying to do it natural to bring them around. So I'm going to talk a little bit of what I've been doing. And then maybe the, if anybody, you guys are dealing with Cushing's and not you, the dog, uh, that I can help you out. And then uh, why do dogs dig in beds, couches, on carpets? You know, why do they sit there and scratch? Because uh, a gal that took my classes, uh, Hershey, uh, that's the dog's name. <laughs> but anyway, asked that. So I thought we'd address that because a lot of people wonder that same thing. And then, of course, whatever questions you've got and then another person i'm very fond of one of my friends uh sue baldwin she uh, uh lost josie about six months her king charles spaniel she was about 13 and a half i think but anyway and so she had an opportunity to maybe buy a breeder dog and she did she put down some questions and unfortunately i must have skimmed over the email the first one but she reset me the uh, questions that she wanted to ask the breeder about you know a breeder dog this ga- this dog had been breeding or having puppies for five years so uh, it brings up a good thing to think uh, uh, ask about is that okay when you buy a dog from a breeder what should you look for so I want to talk about that and then I got these lists of questions that Sue uh, put together which I think all of you should ask if you're going to buy a breeder dog and that means one now uh, okay it's one thing to buy a puppy from a breeder I'm talking about when you buy the breeders one of the breeding dogs that either for some reason isn't breeding backed or something, okay? So we want to talk a little bit about that. So hopefully you'll have your ears on. And remember, all the shows here on MyTalk1071.com, our podcast, uh, where you can catch our past shows. You can just go to all our show pages and then click, and you can listen to past shows. So that's the same thing with today. So hopefully you can uh, do that. And then um, I'm trying to think. Nope, I think that's about it. Uh, da, 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 da. yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the big thing now, um, with uh, uh, dogs that dig in their beds or their couches or carpet or whatever, okay, that is that comes from the ancestry of dogs. So, they would sleep in caves, and a lot of times they would fluff up the dirt or fluff up the leaves or whatever, so it's more comfortable to lay down in. They will spin one way to you know get it to go that way, and then they'll spin the other way, and eventually, when it feels just right, then they'll lay down and then they usually curl. A dog curls to go sound asleep, it's nature's way of protecting their vital organs that if something would come up behind them at night or surprise them at night they would only get like their back the the you know the neck their butt but not a vital organ all right and maybe they have a chance to defend themselves but the the purpose but usually the older the dog gets the more they have a tendency to fluff 
their bed because their joints hurt a little bit more. They're looking for a little bit of more cush. And so that's why dogs like dig at the carpet. It's just kind of an instinctual thing. Even though like they're digging at the carpet, you're like, well, you can't really fluff the carpet up anymore. But in the dog's head, it's, it's going through the motion is what it is. Uh, there are some dogs too that will do that in their kennels, you know, fluff up, turn around or move all the uh, blankets to one side and then sleep on the other side, you know, not on the blankets. All it is is a dog's preference. It's just kind of like, you know, when I was young, probably when you were, Brian, when you were young, younger uh me and being really younger but anyway we could take a sleeping bag and sleep on the cement and and be able to get up number one off the cement floor after you slept <laughs> on it but anyway and we it would be no big deal you know because our bodies are just more limber and not stressed out yet <laughs> and then as we get older you find out try to get down to the floor and let alone lay on it and then get up from it. it gets a little bit harder. And so that's why, like I say, as the dogs get older, they have a tendency to fluff, uh, you know, whether it be the couch, whether it be their bed, whether it be the floor, the, uh, you know what I mean, the, um, the carpet. And it's just uh, something that is in their genetic makeup. Some do it more as far as uh, uh, and more often than others, and some never do it. So anyway, so that's why dogs try to fluff up and, you know, their beds turn around one way, turn around the other way, because that's in- instinctive to them. That's something that God put into their head. Just like some dogs have a higher prey drive than others. Some are really major squirrel chasers and some aren't. And it doesn't really have to do with the breed. It has to do with the personality of dog okay all right we're gonna run so hopefully you guys got some question for me six five one six four one one oh seven one that's six five yeah six five one six four one one oh seven one all right here we go what's the best best way to watch a flying fish tournament what's the best way to watch a flying fish tournament we'll be back hello yes katie canine here whoops i picked up the wrong thing all right Ah, uh, where are we at here? Okay, what's the best way to watch a fly fishing tournament? Remember, this is dumb dad, jo- da- dumb dad joke. In the riverbank. Oh, close though. Live stream. Live stream. Live stream. That's how you watch uh, fly fishing on tournament. All right, there we go. Okay, let's head to the phone lines. All right, so our first caller is Jackie, a caller from last week, and she has an update on a on her foster puppy. Excellent. Hi, Jackie. How you doing? Fine. Good. So, what's the update? Your, your advice worked like a charm. It took him twice in the car, and he was in the car and never had a problem anymore. Excellent. Well, why don't you remind my listeners what the problem was? It was we are fostering a puppy that is going to a serviceman, and he wouldn't get in our car. He just we had to almost drag him in the car, and then you told me to put treats on the floor, and he climbed right in, and then right up on the on the seat, put a seatbelt on, and he was ready to go. Excellent. Good, good. Sometimes things work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and it was really good because you, I've called you before because my husband chased after a a puppy we had one time, and you said, oh, he played the biggest game puppies like to play. Yes. You got it. Come and get me. Come and catch me Uh if you can. Catch me if you can. Yeah. I'll be dang. I am so glad that worked out. Yeah, it did. It worked out slick. All right. So I just just wanted to tell you that. That is so kind of you to let me know that and let my listeners know that sometimes I I do get things right. <laughs> no, you get no, you get things right a lot. Oh, thank a you. Lot. I appreciate. And we it. appreciate. 
I know who to call if I have a problem. There we go. Ghostbusters. I know that word in that song. <laughs> you have a grand day, Jackie. Thank you so much for checking Bye-bye. in. Bye-bye. Yay, it worked. Yep, that's the whole thing. If you constantly, folks, constantly pick up your dog and put him in the car, they're going to look at you like, I have to go in the car now. You're going to put me in there? Every dog knows how to get in and out of a car. You just got to approach it correctly. And you, the way they build cars nowadays is really tough. And so uh, you got to, most of the time, what you want them to do is start out to go from the ground to the floor and then to the, the seat, okay? And uh, and the best thing to do is there's usually more room in the front seat, even though you may not want the dog to ride in the front seat, but to get them you know, you know, used to going in and then eventually transfer it to the back. So you had baby steps, folks, baby steps. So don't just ram them in there or pick them up and throw them in. That's not going to help your cause in any. It's got to be the dog's idea. And you know I'm not a treat trainer, but I use traits, treats if dogs have an aversion to something and then we phase it out. And usually within a week, if not, sometimes it's within five, six treats later, I don't need them anymore because the dog's like, oh, I got this. And you know, I was all's right with the world. Hey, you got a question? Give a holler. 651-641-1071. Who's up? All right. We have Tina on the line and she has a question about getting a heartworm positive dog. All right. Hi, Tina. How you doing? Hi, Katie. Hi, hi. Um, we are looking to adopt, having recently uh, lost our companion of 13 years to cancer. Mm, bummer. Yeah, it was time. She had a good life. Oh, that's good. Um, but the dog that we are currently looking at is listed as heartworm positive. Okay. She's in a shelter in Texas, mm-hmm. and they work with uh, a shelter here in Minnesota to bring those dogs up. Yep. They use something called the Moxidoxy protocol. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if you've heard anything about that or if you have any feelings on what it's like to adopt a dog who's heartworm positive. I'm not sure about the Moxidoxy thing. I have not. I do not know about that. Uh, but uh, the thing is, is that if the dog hasn't had it very long, it's not a big deal. You know, if the dog has had it for a long, even though they're so, every case is different. Usually they're staged. I think that it goes up yep. to four stages. And obviously if it's in the early stage when they treat it, it's no big deal. But see, the bigger thing, what, what makes heartworm kind of scary sometimes if it's in the later stages is that when they kill the worms that they uh when they start dying all right then what happens is that that's why you got uh, dogs that have had a bad case of it they've got to keep the dog calm and steady because mm-hmm. it pumps the blood through and because these these worms are dying they're kind of like in a bunch <laughs> mm-hmm. if the case is really bad that that can cause you know with any exertion on the dog's part can cause a blockage to the heart you know with these dead worms and then mm-hmm. they can die, okay? But if it's a very mild mm-hmm. case, you know, usually most uh, vets up here, what I understand is they, you know, the monthly warmer that we give them, you know, heart guard, whatever, they usually just up the dose and treat it that way. That's what I've heard, okay? okay? I've never had a dog, you know, be heartworm positive. And so that's why, uh, and so as far as, you know, should you, is there going to be any repercussion? Or we don't know. That's in God's right. hands, you know what I mean? The, You know, one dog can have it and be perfectly fine and live to be 20 years old and another one you know but you know it's just a chance you take as far as how it affected them and and how bad okay did they stage the case they have not okay um i've talked to the 
a shelter rep here in Minnesota, and she's trying to get some more information from the person who's fostering in Texas. Okay. But I don't have that information at this time. I know the dog is roughly three to four years old. And what kind? I've had a case of, or a litter of puppies and then was tested and found to have the heartworm. Okay. Uh, what kind of dog, what breed? She is Malinois and um, cattle dog, as far as they can tell. Huh? <laughs> Malinois and cattle dog. Well, that now that's a rarity. <laughs> because just looking. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But see, the Malinois, they're they are not. That's not a very uh, popular breed because they are such a smart, awesome dog uh-huh. that you don't find many crosses with Malinois. And she's got the mahogany and black coloring. Okay. Indicative of some Malinois, so I think that's why they're giving that guess. Well, but it'd be, they, my guess would be more a mountain cur. Okay, because okay. a mountain cur, look up a mountain cur once, okay? okay? And that's very prevalent in the south, the mountain okay. curs. And so that, but but yeah, because a Malinois cross, that would be, and I'm sorry, but a lot of the rescues get it wrong. I'm and sure, so, yeah. yeah. We, and so, with our press, right. we see now, do a DNA panel right away. The, the, but the DNA panel, you can't really trust that either. <laughs> and the reason is, is because what all dogs start from was the gray wolf, a European okay. gray wolf. And they don't even have have that in the dna so how can really? you and so the, also to all dogs are related to each other and that's why you be, can look at a, a saint bernard and the dna panel will come back it's got chihuahua in it you're like mm-hmm. what because they're all related and so basically the best thing i tell people to save their money and give it to the rescue groups you know and okay. just take better guesses at what you think they might be why okay. do we need to know no you know that does what what does that solve that if for sure it's this <laughs> or that right. <laughs> yeah that's very true that's true but do bragging right on the guesstimate but yeah anyway so the thing is though is that yeah so you just gotta uh every it can the situation can be different on the degree of what it you know the degree of the heartworm and then how they treat it and i'm not familiar with that and that's something that i just wrote down so i'm gonna have to ask about that because i had not heard that okay all right okay well Well, good luck your insight you betcha take care kiddo have a great day bye-bye malinois cattle dog i'd say highly improbable but cattle dog, a very smart dog, but they're very independent. And, no, oh, very smart's an understatement. Have you ever heard of uh, Skeet Boot? Um, um, it's a cattle dog that it was phenomenal. It was a David Letterman, I don't know how many times. It, you should Everybody should Google that on YouTube, Skeet, S-K-E-T, Boot, B-O-O-T. And anyway, uh, oh, it's, it's a, cattle, a cattle dog that is... I've never, and then the dog went blind and um, he still worked the dog. It was amazing what he did with that dog. And this guy, he said he never trained a dog before, but what he did with this dog is totally, it was, it's just a one, he had that, we all, if we're fortunate enough, have that one dog that is so phenomenal, you you can't believe it, you know? And so, yeah, he had that dog, I'll tell you. He's trained a couple other ones, but Skeet Boots, the one that got, all the stuff. So anyway, give a holler six five one six four one one zero seven one. Who's up? All right, we just got one minute left, but we can introduce her. So right. we got Sue on the line, and she is a dog with whipworm. You whipworm. Hey Sue, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Apparently, your dog's not. <laughs> well, no, she's very happy. She's just happy and a little chinky. Where I've just had a year of uh, rehabbing her. Okay. And 
she also had to get spayed. She was in heat, had to get spayed. I, I, I found her, and she was in pretty bad shape. But now she's been treated for everything. But just this past couple of weeks, I'm like, wow, you just chunked up. And I had her weighed, and she's about six pounds heavier than her highest weight. Ah. And I, I'm just wondering, she did a last, uh, she did two treatments for whip worm. Yep. And I, and I was told that why she wasn't able to um, keep her weight on. Correct. And so I'm just kind of, I, I give her um, Farmina and I give her just uh, a cup and a half per meal. Okay, why don't you hold on to that and let's visit okay. that when we get back, okay? Thank, thank you. you bet. Okay. What is the eye color of all cats when they are born? What is the eye color of all cats when they are born? We'll be right back. Hey, folks. Thanks for tuning in to the Katie Canine Show. I'm here every Sunday, 4 to 6. I'm on this side of the glass, and we got Brian on the other side of the glass. Lucky us. Lucky him. We got glass. <laughs> okay. Oh. What color? <laughs> I forgot. I was doing a <laughs> You know, my husband lately has been, he's he's like, are you in there? And I says, well, what do you mean? He says, well, you know, all of a sudden you're doing this, and then all of a sudden you're over there, and all of a sudden I said, you know, my daughter thinks I have ADD, and I really think that she's <laughs> correct. But like I said, okay, where was I? You know, my brain is just having a heart. I just said, I'm sorry, I just got too much going on that my brain doesn't know which to deal with first. Okay, what color are the cat's eyes? All cats are born with what color eyes? What would be your guess? I would have to say green. Nope. It's uh, blue. Blue. All cats are born with blue eyes. So there, now you know it. And I did not know that. Oh. Did not know that. So I've got a cat with blue eyes. Uh, her name is Adeline. And uh, her mom was, uh, uh, I don't know what she would, but she was part Siamese. She's a Siamese tabby. Not mm. tabby. Siamese, like a tortoise. Uh, tortoise shell uh, cat, and so she's cool. They both got the exact same meow. <laughs> just this little, little, and it's just so funny. It's not. Then I got Sally. Sally, oh my God, you want, you need earplugs. Ow! And it's like, yeah, I know where you're at. I get it. Okay. All right, let's head, head for, uh, back to uh, Sue here. Yep. So you're, you're are you, Sue? Hey, Sue, yeah. are you in? There we go. Yeah. Okay, so now what are you now? What kind of dog? She is a husky shepherd. And, well, how many pounds? Well, now <laughs> <laughs> she's fifty-five pounds right now, and typically, um, what did he look good at? Do you remember? Well, I mean, I I kind of this past year she never went above fifty okay. pounds. Okay, but she was a. I mean, she she had some uh, weight, tooth and a weight issues right. where. And I, I don't know. I'm just wondering because I hadn't changed her food or changed quantity. Right. Now, now, how old is she? Um, I think between two and three. Okay. Yeah, so when they get to three years old, all dog systems hit the wall. And people, yeah. they're done growing, and now you just need to maintain. And a lot of people, what happens is that they forget to back off the food. The dog doesn't need it anymore, and then all of a sudden the dog gets plump. So now for this size, uh, what, what, what are you feeding as far as brand? So I do uh, Farmina, and right now it's like lamb and uh, pumpkin and blueberry Farmina. Okay. okay. And then um, Woody's raw, so I kind of do a little bit of both. Okay. And then um, how much? How much of the dry food are you feeding? A cup and a half. Once a day. Or twice, twice a, a day. Twice a day. Yeah, way too much. And then how? 
Yep. And how much of the Woody's are you, do you give in the same day? Um, if I give her any, I just am kind of giving her like a tablespoon. Oh, okay. Okay. Just to kind of keep it in her diet because it's what I want to transition her into. Okay, good. So a raw good. diet. Good. My other dog does a raw diet. I keep her. That keeps her pretty lean. Nice. Um, oh, you bet. You bet. It doesn't have no carbs. You know, like the dry food does. Yeah. Okay. So what? Yeah, that's way too much. And so what I would do for that oh. dog, I would go. Uh, I would do a cup. In the morning, when you want to get weight off a dog, you feed the bulk in the morning and a light dinner. All right. So you're feeding three cups. So then what I would, I would like to go down to two cups. Okay. And so what I would do is do a cup and a half in the morning and a half a cup at night. And then if you're going to give the woodies, okay, then um, really be, when you make the transition, is that what you're trying to do right now, transition it? Yeah. Okay. So then what you do is you do a quarter of the new to three quarters of the old for two, three days. Mm-hmm. And then 50-50 for two, three days. And then three quarters of the new, two, three days. And then you should be all the way into the new product. All right. Okay. But every dog is different. You got to watch the doo-doos. If the doo-doo starts getting a little bit loose, slow down the rotation. Instead of two, three days, maybe go three, four days. Or some dogs, it's four, five days before you go to the next step up. Okay. okay? And so being that you're familiar with feeding raw, that you want to make sure that, um, uh, like I said, you feed a lot less when you feed raw than what you do when you feed kibble. Because right. it's it's more digestible. There, there's not the waste in it as there is in dry food. And so that's why you've got to pay attention. So what you want to do is, okay, bring her down to maybe even a cup and a half and then start, uh, you know, like in, in transitioning. Then all of a sudden you'll be down to a cup of the, you know, the dry. And then, mm-hmm. a, you know, so that's what you want to do. But bring the dry matter down for sure right now to at least a cup and a half. And then with, with, but with your raw Okay. 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 Whereas you're going to give your raw like a tablespoon or two tablespoons, but, but then make sure you start, you know, taking the dry away. All right. Okay. Because that's, that'd be the big thing. And then stand her once a week. I stand my dogs, uh, uh, once every Sunday when I get home from the radio show, I stand them. And then, so I'm standing over them. I take my pointer fingers and start on the shoulders on each side. And I run my pointer finger along the rib cage. And then it should go, you should feel each rib. Not space between them, but each rib, and then just go into the waist, you know, and then it should come out to the hips, like an hourglass figure. Right. Is what it should be. And so that's why each week, feel her. And if she's, let's say, okay, you, now you're going to bump her down today, feel her, then bump her down today. Okay, next Sunday, let's say we're going to feel her. Now, does she feel a little leaner? Okay, you're on the right path, all right? So the whole okay. thing is go by how she feels. Don't go by how she looks. All right. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Now, the only thing is is that she does have anxiety mixed with boredom when I'm not home. Mm-hmm. And part of that comes down to food because she had not a good relationship with food when I when I got this dog. Mm-hmm. I did teach her to like food, actually. But okay. um, she will chew up stuff. Mm-hmm. So if she's, I'm concerned, I, I don't, I usually keep my dogs really lean, so I'm kind of surprised that she got a little chunky, but um, I I need to figure out what to do if she's not getting as much food as she's been having, and then I go to work, and then she chews up 
my house. Well, she I needs. Do, I, I do baby date her in an area. But... Okay, good. And the, yeah, she just shouldn't have run in the house. Okay. No. Yeah, and she so, doesn't have that. Right. And see, if you've got a radio on or TV on to kind of take boredom away, you could try giving her some like cauliflower to munch on. You know, oh, okay. things that are not calorie, that don't carry calories. Uh, like you could broccoli. Okay, there you go. But too much broccoli gives them the fluff, so pay attention to that. Oh, okay. 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 Then also, then there are some toys you can put the broccoli in that she can work at getting it out. Okay. Okay. And then the big thing is, is that um, fry, uh, 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 the, the, you know, like try maybe some oils, you know, like Amy Del- or Amy William DeLong. Dot com, you know she has oils that can help calm the dog down, you know. So you take some of some of that anxiety away. Uh, Springtimeink.com has stress free that works well. If you use a CBD oil, you got to make sure you use the good stuff because a lot of people are buying the cheap stuff and say, "Hey, it doesn't work." Well, I know it's not going to work. <laughs> you right. know, and so there's other things that you could try to help her deal, and then obviously training. All right. You got to get her thinking, looking to you for direction. You know, just don't run and run and run her or walk her and walk her and walk her. Teach her brain games, brain teasers. You know, make her brain work. And then now when you're not there, she's going to be so tired. She doesn't want to have the energy. She's going to take a nap when you're not there because she's tired. Okay. Okay. So the more that you can make her brain think every day, teach her something. If you got a minute, do work on something. You got five minutes, work on something. It doesn't have to mean okay. that you sit down for, you know, a half hour and I don't have time to do that today, so I'm not going to do it. No. You're having a couple of coffee, work on something while you're drinking the coffee. And then now you can go okay. do whatever you got to do. But the more you mentally stimulate this dog, the tireder she's going to be, and then she won't have the mental uh, energy to be upside down and sideways when you're gone. Okay? Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You betcha. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sounds like she was dinging around in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's a lot of dinging, dinging. But th- that's what people, uh, uh, people, heads up. Why do people read books before they go to bed? Because you're concentrating on the, the plot. So you're concentrating on the words. And so that takes a lot of brain energy. So pretty soon you're down to one eye. And then before you know it, it's morning. That's why people read books. It drains their brain. It puts them to sleep. Okay, now we don't want to put your dog to sleep, but it, technically. But we got, if you guys, everybody wants to run and run and run their dogs and walk and walk and walk their dogs. Folks, all you're doing is building an athlete. What used to take two blocks to Tucker, that is 10 blocks. And the thing is, is that most people over-exercise their dogs. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I have never played fetch with my dogs. I have never, because I don't want an arthritic dog when they're older. And it's really hard on their frame. So I will lob at things for the dogs to pick up, because I want them to be able to go get something that I point to, pick it up, and bring it back to me. But I never play fetch with the dogs. And everybody says, oh, he loves running after it. Well, yeah, but he sees how how happy you are. And uh, what do dogs want to do? They want to make us happy. And so the thing is, though, is that you'll be really surprised if you take the time to teach tricks, brain teasers, obedience, manners, and you know that. And but you still could have a wonderful time, hugs and kisses and such like that. You know, with your dog. But the thing is, you're going to see how tired. And just like all, like I had two pirate lessons yesterday with high energy dogs. 
What was it, Berta Doodle? Oh, God. Dog's name was Breezer. Cool dog. Oh, way cool dog. And big. <laughs> when he stood up, yeah, he was taller than I was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, and the thing is, is they're like, what do we do with this energy? Use it to the betterment. Teach him tricks. Teach him brain games. Do obedience. I said, this afternoon, when you go home, you're all going to need a nap. <laughs> You'll probably see Breezer the calmest you've ever seen him in a long time. And all we did, we didn't put miles on the feet. We put miles on the brain. And folks, that's what you need to do. Teach, teach, teach. You know, you don't, it's not me, master, you dog. What it is is find fun things that you can have fun with. You know, like when I'm teaching brain teasers and, and tricks, I use treats. Okay, but but the thing is, in tiny pieces of treats. I mean, I take them. I use all the Nutrisource ones, and I, I kind of make them like minuscule. The dog can smell that you've got it. It's almost basically he's licking it. <laughs> so the thing is, is and then eventually I phase it out. They always do it well, you know, with a treat. But and so that, that's why it's just uh, I can't. You know, a lot of people that are having a lot of high energy dogs, especially with people going back to work. That they, they, we don't know what to do. We can't kennel train them. Get it. Use it when you got them. Use that brain so they're calm. Always leave a radio and or a TV on. And then, like I say, there are a lot of uh, natural ways that you can make, you know, like uh, rescue remedy that you can put in the wa- water. There's so much out there to help with the transition. But, folks, you got the dog. Use them. All right. Dogs are bred to do something, to have jobs. They're not just lap dogs. And at, when we're ready to sit down, now we want them to be calm. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. All right. Uh, is it that time? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can't read that. Oh, there we are. How many, this is interesting. I hope uh, uh, Jason uh, is watching or listening to the show today. This is really interesting. How many feral cats live at Disney? How many feral cats live at Disney? We'll be back. Never know. You got such a good radio voice. Oh, thank you. I, I wish I had. You have, like when you're doing that bumper, you know, type thing, it's just like, I would trip over my tongue. You know, <laughs> right? So, yeah, and you just were so steady, especially when the first bumper didn't really work. And you just not even skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you know who John Hines is? Uh, name sounds super yeah, familiar. Well, he used to be, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, well, he still is, with Sushere, you know, in the podcast. Mm, yep. He, when I first started, we were in that studio, and, you know, um, and John, uh, my board, you know, just like, but I'd be on that, on that computer over there. Oh, yeah. And then John would come in on the other computer, the other phone, and he would do uh, the weather and a little bit of news, okay? That guy was implapable. <laughs> we would be doing dumb things, making funny faces and, you know, just doing stupid stuff, and he wouldn't skip a beat. Really? It was, oh, he is just, yeah, John Hines, he, he is so cool. All right. Okay, uh, where are we? Oh, how many? How many cats? Now, the question is, how many cats live at Disney? Okay, now, does it say Disney World or Disneyland? Or I don't know if this is Walt Disney's house. I'm assuming it's like Disney uh, World or Land, okay? But mm-hmm. it just says Disney. What would you say? How many feral cats live at Disney? Oh, geez. Is in? could you give me a hint, like triple digits or? Triple digits. Triple digits. Um, Let's go with. Like an even 500. Ah, wow, that'd be awesome. Uh, but anyway, no, 200. Oh. 200 cats, feral cats live at Disney. Really? Yes, 200. I just think that's, wow, did, you know, when you think of all the food and everything that's there. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge place, right? Yeah, so, multiple yeah. parks everywhere, yeah. too. Yeah, well, I guess in Florida, but, in, yeah. but I've never been to the one in uh, Anaheim. I haven't been to any one of them. 
Nope. And Jason goes almost every other week. <laughs> Him and Colin. And so I just, and then he's got uh, very, two fairy godmothers. Yeah, two fairy godmothers podcast. You can uh, check on my talk 1071.com. Uh, that they do and tell you the do's and the ups and the downs and the, of Disney World and such like that. So that's pretty doggone cool. Oh, Isn't cool. It? Hey, we got open lines. Give a holler. 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. Okay, breeders. Okay, if you're going to thinking about buying a pup from a breeder, first, folks, I want you to really think about this. Why do you want a puppy? Get a second-hand dog, but never mind. Okay, so then... Uh, a true good breeder that is out for the betterment of the breed has bred these puppies and brought these in pups into the world and they want the most, the best for them. If they just say, come on, stop by, pick out what you want. No, a good breeder, number one, stands behind their dogs. If there's any problems, health problems, whatever type thing. Number two is that uh, when you drive up to meet your puppy, uh, the puppies and the dogs should be be living inside the house. If there's kids, that's a major plus because then those puppies have been handled left and right and they're just good to go. Okay, so then um, uh, now the, the, if you have to walk to a kennel or to a barn to meet your new pup, pay attention. What, it, what does it smell like? What does it look like? Are there lots of different sections as far as where they got a lot of different breeder dogs? So they're literally pumping up pep puppies left and right. All right. Then, like I said, the breeders should basically interview you where you feel like you're getting a job at the White House. Because it's not that you might want a job at the White House, but, but anyway, uh, because like I say, they brought these pups into the world. They want the best for them. They want to make sure you are a worthy person that you will take good care of what they chose to bring into the world and to, to breed so they could better the breed. Okay. Now the bad breeders are the ones that basically, you know, pick which one do you want? A good breeder, what they'll do is they'll ask you what you like to do. What, what's your personality like? Are you a hiker? Are you a bookworm? Are you a puzzle putter together? Or, or are you a skier? You know, I mean, so uh, what? What's your personality? Because you don't want to put a wah factor with a bookworm. All right. Remember, dogs have personalities, and that's what you're looking for is a personality that will get along with your personality, or if you have another dog, uh, that dog's personality. So that's the whole thing is all pups are cute. God knew what he was doing when he made them. But the big thing is, is that this is you. And look, you're going to be having future. What is you? What? Uh, where's your life going to be in three years, five years, eight years, 10 years? Is that still conducive to having a dog or a puppy? So that's why some of these people, I'm sorry, folks. Some of you parents that are letting your kids get dogs when they go to college or puppies, I want to smack you. Because they're in college, that's a schedule in itself, okay? And then also, too, that they're going to be wanting to party and stuff like that. Where's the dog? Where's the cat? You know, stuff like that. Now, the cat's a little bit because they're more independent. They don't mind being left in the dorm room or the house or wherever you're staying. But the thing is, is that, no, you let them go to college, concentrate in college, and then when they get their own place, someday they can get a dog or a puppy. But, yeah, I've just, people, you know what I mean? I know they're adults, but strongly ask your teenager or your college person where do you see yourself in you know two years five years so that be you know let them really pay attention because it is a true commitment getting a puppy or a secondhand dog so that's what you want to do so you and then now if your breeder like i say is just pick out one or the worst thing that can happen 
I'll meet you on the corner of B Dale. <laughs> County Road B and Dale to save you a little bit of trip. And I'll just, we'll just pass them off at that time. Boy, you run from that one. All right. What they're just doing is that it's a puppy mill dog and it's like here and then they run. And a lot of the puppy mill pups, unfortunately, this is very sad. And I hope if you've been a victim of it that you have made note to the Better Business Bureau and maybe to the Attorney General is that they give the pups away too young. The pup is there saying at eight weeks and it's only maybe five weeks or not even six weeks. Because the longer the breeders, you know, these puppy mill people have the dogs, the more it costs them money. Well, then the pup gets sick and then the pup dies. All right. Now you just spent maybe 1200 bucks, maybe $2,000. You go back for your money and they just kind of look at you like too bad, too sad. And so people, you, if you've been a victim of that, you need to make a stand and take these people to task by, like I say, attorney general, better business bureau, things like that. You got to get up in their faces. This, this is unacceptable. Just don't throw your hands up and you're going you're gonna to be at your knees. You got this cute little puppy, maybe had it for, you know, two weeks, a month, and all of a sudden it's dead because it was given away. And, and you don't know how well, I know because I understand what a puppy should look like, no matter what the breed, as far as how his walking abilities is face and such like that at certain amount every week so if somebody tells me this is an eight week old pup i've had that happen at my dog classes they come and say this pup is eight weeks and it's like no it's not it might be nine weeks well the breeder said i said no it's about nine weeks and so they have to be 12 weeks to come to my puppy classes so anyway so that's what i mean is that if you don't know you know uh you're gonna get ripped off and you're gonna have heartache if you don't know but they, you know like i say my my girlfriend sue baldwin that put the, the this uh, uh, this uh, question together. She sent it to me, and then, and everybody should have this a copy of this. To write this down. And these are questions you ask if you're going to get a breeder dog. You know, one that's been bred and now they don't want it anymore. Okay, now what Sue wrote was, tell me about her personality and her temperament. Is she shy? Is she alpha? Active? Blends in? What's a typical day for the that breeder dog? Health, general, any issues? Okay, health of parents, any issues or any health tests for Zoe? Uh, illness or injured, uh, uh, injuries of this breeder dog? Okay, socializing, uh, socializing with other breeds of dogs. Okay, because a lot of the breeder dogs are kept in a, an individual kennel and all they do is pump out pups and they don't know what it's like to be around other dogs or they're in a big, huge yard with a whole bunch of other dogs and they don't know how to be with humans. Okay, does this breeder dog have fears? If so, what? Grooming experience. A lot of these dogs have never, ever been to a groomer. This is something you got to work with and teach them. Uh, where, does the, where does the pup sleep now? Uh, not the pup, but the breeder dog. Does he sleep out in the yard with a whole bunch of other dogs? Does he sleep in a kennel? Uh, sleeps in your bed? Where does, that, where does that dog sleep? Okay, what food is the dog eating? That's a big key. If they, nah, I won't go down that road. <laughs> but anyway, are they used to a kennel? Okay, what kind of walks or play does this dog do? Nine times out of ten, most breed of dogs don't know nothing about a leash, and they don't know how to play because all they've done has been bred, pump out puppies, and then guess what? Then it's time to do it over again. Okay, and then time spent alone. How long is there any issues when the dog was, you know, spent time alone? And a lot of the breeder people, well, they could care less. They're just going to find a person that doesn't care enough to ask these questions. Okay, but if you don't ask these questions, now the person can give you any answer. That's true. But then that's when you go meet the dog and see what your thoughts are. Bring another dog of a friend's, you know, that's an easygoing, friendly dog, and see how that dog reacts to that dog just to see if that breeder person was 
was not lying to you. <laughs> but the thing is, is go, go in with your eyes wide open. I'm the first one to try to save all the dogs and try to you know rescue the dogs. And I hope you do too. But then don't be blind. You know, go in ar- forearmed. Okay. Okay. When? How many cats did Abe Lincoln have in the White House? How many cats did Abe Lincoln have in the White House? Say, open line, 651-641-1071. 651-641-1071.